<laughs> Hello, boils and ghouls. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to the Horrorcon Lounge Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorcon Lounge. I'm Kristen. Uh, and I'm Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> and she accused me of being drunk, so I made some wacky ass noise. And on today's episode, I feel like maybe this is me being like a little bit narcissistic, but I feel like this is going to be an anxiously awaited for episode for our listeners. Why is that? Because we are discussing foreign films. Yes, and at least one of them I know people are dying to hear us talk about. Well, two of them. At least one. Well, I think actually really all three have gotten some kind of comments. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, I am kind of notorious for not liking foreign films, not liking zombie movies, and Jeremy is also kind of known for not liking unnecessary gore yep and um like real life gross situations i don't know how to like word that but things that make you squeamish yeah so we've got all of that in today's episode we watched train to busan the human centipede and inside so train to busan is a korean horror is that where we're starting not necessarily oh. i'm just gonna say where they're all from Got it. uh the human centipede is a dutch movie and horror. then inside well i'll say that more genres you know when we talk about them individually but sure um inside is a french movie so which one now in a previous episode the johnny depp episode to be specific mm-hmm. i told jeremy he was going to talk about inside. She did. And the whole time, all he did was fucking say how confused he was and he didn't understand what was happening. And so before we recorded this episode, I said, which of these movies do you want to talk about before we get on and fight about it on air like we always freaking do? Mm-hmm. And he says he can comfortably talk about all of them. Absolutely. I call bullshit. Sure. So, Jeremy... I'll just let you do one movie. Which one do you want to do? Or I think you probably want to hear me talk about some more than you I'm care about talking about. I'm very curious some. to hear your feedback because I have been trying to get you to watch at least two of these movies. You can say that. I mean, we're recording. You can say that. It's not a secret anymore. Well, so Train to Be Sun is one that I recommended to you back like when we first met. Right. And the subtitles turned you off. And then Human Centipede is another one that I thought you would like because of how fucked up it is. <laughs> right. And then Inside was recommended by a good friend of ours, Abby. So funny enough, Human Centipede and Inside were both recommended. I put I put out a request for recommendations on movies that are so fucked up that you like it makes your stomach turn. I don't remember what we were watching recently that was like really fucked up and gross. And I'm like, oh my God, like we need to do a whole episode on these kind of nasty movies. But I put out. We did? Yeah. 
we watched something, not necessarily, maybe it was for the podcast. I don't remember what it was, but I put out a post asking for recommendations on like movies that are so disturbing. You, it makes you sick or squeamish or you can't help but look away. Um, and then Human Centipede was recommended multiple times. And then Inside was also recommended a couple times. And then obviously Train to Busan was, I had that planned for a zombie episode. And then obviously the zombie episode kind of like, fell apart because we did them you know we covered Shaun of the Dead and now we're covering Train to Busan we like fit them in to other episodes so we're still talking about the zombies yeah they kind of took a page of their own in a sense they just kind of popped up when it was convenient yeah so we're still watching all the zombie movies mm-hmm. Noah we are watching the zombie movies <laughs> He's, he was begging me to do a zombie episode good so yeah we're, we're not going to do this. I'm trying, Noah, to get her to watch The Walking Dead one season at a time. We'll see how oh that goes. Oh my God. I'm still, I didn't even start the other one that you wanted me to watch. Well, two of them. I didn't finish Bates Motel. You I need to finish Bates Motel. I didn't even start The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor. I just don't. Those and are now, definites. Those and are now definites. I don't fucking have Netflix because Netflix changed their terms of I service. Know, right? So I need to pay for my own Netflix. Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor are definitely shows we will talk about on the podcast because they're not crazy long. So what that sounded like to me was Jeremy is going to send me every month to pay for Netflix. There you go. Okay. Sure. And you guys heard it here. Yep. So. What do you want me to start off by talking about? I'll let you kind of control who talks about let's, what. Let's do a random thing. Why don't you just pick? Okay, the human centipede. Let's start with that. You want me to talk about that? Sure. Oh, I thought you were going to pick me to talk about Train to Busan. But uh, okay. Yeah, that's exactly why I picked something different. We're going out of the box. So my meticulous note-taking on Train to Busan just went to shit, everybody. I took fucking pages of notes for this goddamn movie that Jeremy was so excited for me to watch. And then he picks the movie I'm most uncomfortable talking about. What a <laughs> fucking dick. Didn't know that. Well, he probably picked it because I fell asleep like three times during it. Actually, I forgot you did, but yes, you did. That's so. That's okay. I fell asleep, in fairness, for once during Inside. I not only have photo proof, I also have video proof of him snoring because, <laughs> you know, the first time I woke him up and I'm like, how's the movie? He's like, good. I'm like, you were sleeping. He's like, no, I wasn't. And so the next time he fell asleep, I took a fucking video of him snoring. So that when he woke up and says he wasn't sleeping, I could show him, buddy, you were fucking snoring. That movie may or may not have been a little slow. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. It was at the beginning, to be fair. Yeah, that's kind of like the most important part. Maybe that's why you were so goddamn confused the whole time. Okay. Well, maybe during Human Centipede when you fell asleep like 40 minutes in while all the major shit was happening. That I was I'm not confused. I still have very good notes. Okay, good. So anyways, got so it. So let's let's fucking do it. Let's go to Germany and talk about trade. It would not it would not <laughs> be an episode without me and Jeremy fighting. I know Absolutely. that's what the listeners stay for, really. Yes. They stay for us fucking bashing each other. Okay. The human centipede, the first sequence. Mm -hmm. So, because, you know, when they made it, they knew they were going to fucking make multiple fucked up movies. So, the human centipede first sequence is rated R. I've never seen parts two or three, for the record. I can see why you... This is only the second time I ever saw the first one. And you've got a autograph by the director, right? 
I did. Yes. Yeah. That was a Texas Frightmare like dollar special or something. Yeah, I think it was like was three bucks. So fucking cool. Yeah. 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 Forgot all about so, that. rated R came out in two thousand nine. The genres of this are horror slash splatter, which I don't really uh, agree with. Fuck is splatter. Splatter, I think, is think of inside how it's just like, <laughs> yeah. So, I think it's I don't agree with that subgenre of it, but that's what the internet says. So that's what I am telling you guys. And then we'll go by Google. There's that is ad- Google. There's, there's an advertisement right now where this girl says Google, and it's so sexy. That is from Google. Okay. Well, anyway. Okay. So. <laughs> The runtime is an hour and 32 minutes. It's that short. Oh my God. I thought this movie was like over two hours. Holy mm. cow. Spoiler alert. Clearly she didn't like it. So <laughs> this is a Dutch movie. Like I have said, mm-hmm. it has a 4.4 4 out of 10 on IMDb mm-hmm. and a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. I really struggled finding budget and box office information for this. I could not could not find a budget but the box office i found was like a quarter of a million dollars for the box office so i figured it wasn't really fair to make you guess the box office if i couldn't even give you a budget that's because you have like nothing to not that you're good at it anyway it was only a quarter million dollar budget those no that was a box office oh gotcha okay that's what i'm saying i couldn't make you guess the box office if i couldn't find a budget to kind of base it on so the movie starts with two girls, Jenny and Lindsay, on their way to a club. Nightclub. And they get a flat tire and they encounter a creepy guy in the roadway. And he is talking in a different language to them. I'm guessing German, probably, because well, they're in Germany. Can I stop you for a second? Because it didn't actually start that way. I excluded the opening scene, which was really fucking pointless. But go okay. ahead, Jeremy. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead. He, no, he shoots a trucker. Who does not have the same, I'm assuming, blood type as them, which is why he couldn't use him to begin with. And he captures him, but then ends up killing him and not utilizing him. Which I talk about later in my notes. Got it. Do we notice every time Jeremy interrupts me, it is mentioned in my notes somewhere. Okay. Anyways. That was the opening scene. I don't know what movie you watched. I, I talk about it later. Don't you fucking worry. Sure. So... This creepy guy comes up and he's speaking German and they're not, I'm assuming it's German. Oh, that was disgusting. <laughs> this creepy German scumbag. Yes. It, I'm assuming it was German. So, you know, we're uh, watching, uh, he like plays with his fucking tongue. We're watching the fucking human centipede and he says, that's disgusting. But he's talking to these two girls. He's like, I have horny movies of you at home. He's like, I'd fuck you so hard. Blah, blah, blah. He's going on and on talking so dirty to them. And the whole time they don't know what he's saying. They're like, can you help us? Can you call for help? You know, pointing at the flat tire. Yeah. And it's just so they can't communicate. They finally look up one of the words that he said and they look up the word fuck. And they're like, oh my God, roll the window up. Yeah. So then they decide to walk for help and they finally see a house and great idea, by the way, in the middle of the night, pouring rain. Yeah. Freezing cold. They, they look like wet raccoons or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Their makeup's all over the place and Kind of like mine is right now. <laughs> they finally uh, find a house and a guy answers and says he will call the car company for them. And he gives them some water and they're sitting on the couch and whatever. There's a date rape drug in the water. Jeremy! 
let me, if you want me to tell the story, let me fucking tell the story. Cause I say that in a couple lines. Okay. Holy shit. The one girl, um, spills, <laughs> I'm going to kill him. Oh my God. The one girl spills a glass of water. I can't wait to interrupt him when he's telling his story. Oh my God. The one girl spills a glass of water and the homeowner like goes irate and starts insulting her, calling her like, you stupid cow. Do your eyes not work? He's going on and on. This, his name is Dr. Hyder, which I don't even think they call him at all in the movie. I just watched the credits and found out that's what his name was. They do. Oh, do they? Yeah. The officers do. Oh, okay. He introduces himself that way too. Oh, okay. When he when he's on the that quote unquote fake phone call, he says, "This is Doctor Hyder." Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Anyway, so we uh, find out Doctor Hyder drugged their water, and then because the one girl spilled a lot of hers, he has to like inject her with something, the drug in the back of her neck, and then the girls wake up tied to hospital beds. With a third person there who quickly gets killed and buried because he didn't have the same blood type as them. That's the trucker that Jim was talking about that was killed in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. And he, Dr. Hyder acquired a new third person. He is um, a Japanese man. And then he's now explaining the surgery that he's going to operate on them. Well, he's explaining why they're there, how the surgery is going to go. And basically there's three people and their persons, A, B, and C. And it's kind of like a train, so to speak. So he's the person, A, their anus is going to be sewed to the mouth of person B. And then person B, their anus is going to be sewed to the mouth of person C basic it, there's like lots of weird like cuts and medical terminology and stuff you want to be person a in this scenario oh absolutely <laughs> so i'm actually covering that at the end like with a fact unrelated to the movie but and I, to be honest i thought and it comes up a little bit later in the movie too but i don't know why i thought person c would kind of be the worst mm-hmm. but then there's a point in the mood I'll skip ahead a little bit but there's a point in the middle of the movie where this one girl escapes and tries to escape I should say and then he's like oh you know you're definitely going to be person b now because you need the most pain and I'm like because I made a comment remember I'm like oh she's definitely going to be the end of the centipede now and I already knew that she was in the middle and I I realized it because you do really you've got double the operations if you're the middle person right so I guess that does make sense you eat and feed yeah but actually that's was my next sentence kind of the one girl Lindsay, escapes her ties and tries to escape the house and then she she, you know there's this whole cat and mouse thing and they're trying to go back and forth with the doctor and he's trying to get her back and she then tries to save jenny and escape and she finally gets her outside and halfway across the lawn when she's shot with a tranquilizer so now we are in the operating room. The Japanese guy is person A in the front. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay is person B in the middle. And then Jenny is person C in the back. And then after the operation, he says like they're healing nicely. And he tries to like train the centipede almost like they're a dog. And he even cages them like they're a dog. 
they get fed dog food. It's like really weird. Bizarre. Yeah. And then he gets a visit by two police officers who become very suspicious of the doctor saying like, we heard, you know, reports of an American woman screaming on your lawn and what's, can we check out downstairs? What's downstairs? And then the doctor gets really defensive and is like, no, you need a search warrant. So they are going to come back. The police are going to come back with a search warrant. He also gave them some kind of drug in their drink, but the one cop totally broke his glass so he didn't even have an opportunity to drink any of it yeah because i think the guy was trying to force him to drink so much that that's why they became suspicious right but you could see the other guy when they come back getting sick because he had drank some of his so meanwhile the centipede manages to get off of like the table that they were up on and they get us the first guy gets a scalpel and he stabs the doctor in the foot with this scalpel and kind of like incapacitates him for a little bit. And then they manage to get upstairs and on their way upstairs, like you see some of like their stitching is like ripping apart. And so they're fucking bleeding everywhere. And um, it just looks really fucking painful. It's a really good visual though. I thought they did a great job of that. Yeah. So much so that Jeremy's over there like, ew. I I was cringing, absolutely. <laughs> and well, especially when the doctor's following behind them licking the blood off the fucking steps. Yeah. So the police, you know, they the centipede makes their way upstairs and then the Asian guy kind of tries to break the window and then he gets a piece of gla- broken glass and then he ends up killing himself. So now the other two people are incapacitated. And his timing couldn't have been worse. Because that's just as the same time the cops came back. He could have screamed for them. Yeah, the police return right after the Asian guy kills himself. And um, the doctor is able to kill both cops while simultaneously getting shot himself. And that's basically the end of the movie. Yeah, So you see the Asian guy who killed himself is dead. The back end girl Lindsay was that her name yeah she was struggling Wait, no Jenny was the back oh sorry Jenny is in the back she's struggling to survive as it is they kind of touched on that in the middle of the movie where you can see she has like some kind of disease or something going on with her stitching but she's also not getting fed because the middle girl isn't she's constipated or so about the pus uh and the, the last girl you know she's in the shittiest position because if she doesn't get fed she has no way of getting nutrients well yeah feces is what's left over after when you eat food most if not all of the nutrients get absorbed by your body and then you know when you digest it you know the only person who could hypothetically survive this human centipede for more than a few weeks is the person in front getting fed all the food. Both of the other members are eventually going to die from lack of water and nutrients, unless they get like any type of IV or anything that's giving them that stuff, but they would die due to nutritional deficiency. Um, And if that doesn't kill them, they're ingesting fecal bacteria and that would give them severe lung and stomach infections, which would then kill them. Right. So, so it sucks. Even me. the even the middle person is oh, yeah, kind of screwed. Sure. At least they're getting a, a lit. 
till a very little bit, but that last person in the movie, you do see them end up dying as well because, right. you know, they did develop infections and got not enough nutrients and water intake and stuff. The movie ends where Lindsay, who's in the middle, is the only one alive yeah. in the house. It's yeah, like, and there's so she nothing she could do. She can't do anything. She can't make the centipede move. Like, she's just stuck there. Yeah. And for some reason, like, it's been a really long time since I've seen this movie. I thought she tried to rip the stitches out. I guess that would be her only potential option and then try and pull her friend with her. But, oh my God, that would be totally painful. But then again, we saw her, she ripped an IV out of her arm earlier in the movie and she was bleeding like crazy. Whatever that IV was, like that was deep inside of her arm or yeah. she broke an artery or something because she was bleeding like in like a stuck pig. It was crazy. Like a what? Stuck pig. I've never heard that terminology. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wasn't impressed. Wild concept. The thing is, I think I was like waiting for some really fucked up shit, but it was very predictable and boring. Like maybe I'm just too fate. Maybe I watch too many fucked up movies because Jeremy is 100% right. This movie would definitely be my cup of tea. Like it doesn't, I like the concept. Mm -hmm. I really do. I enjoy the concept, but it's just something about it. It wasn't with all the hype around this movie, I was expecting it to be worse. So many people make it sound like it's a really bad movie, and it it's really not, isn't that bad. You no. know, you have to use your imagination a little bit, I think, because like when he's shitting in her mouth, for example, that's a very gross thing, but you don't actually have to see it. You don't see her getting sick. You just kind of hear the moans. Right. So there's like no other visuals to go with it to make it disgusting. Yeah, I just think people overhype this movie, to be honest. And that was really disappointing to me. But it, it is what it is. Ranking? Like a 7 out of 10. I'd say 7 out of 10. It's not a bad movie. It's not my all-time favorite or anything. But it, it's to me, it's at least creative. It's something totally out of the blue. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely watch the sequels. Not necessarily anytime soon, but... I don't have any problem with the movie itself. Like it just, I was expecting more. Right. So I was disappointed, but yeah. like overall it was a good movie. That's fair. I do think they did a great job with one thing and you might disagree on this, putting the Japanese guy in the front so that you can't understand what he's saying. Now, obviously there's subtitles, but I think that added to the movie because the two girls are American. So they also can't understand him. Whereas if they would have put one of the girls in the front and he would have been in the middle or the back, at least two of the people would have understood what was being said. Yeah, I'm really shocked that he put the Japanese guy first because the whole time he was tied up, he was very irate and like demanding and cursing him out and being very difficult. So I'm really shocked that they put him first, but I guess that does add to it for sure. He, pro I think, and I could be wrong on this. I don't, I'm not science major but i almost wonder if it's because guys like typically go to the bathroom more often than girls whereas girls can wait a lot of times and kind of just like constipate themselves before relieving themselves i don't know if that had anything to do with it at all but maybe i don't know maybe that's just the logical part of me thinking 
Yeah. Jeremy and his fucking logical thinking. But I, I will say this. So you said something about the budget being only $250,000. If that's the case, those are really well shot movie. No. That was we, the box office. You didn't we know. We don't the know the was. budget. Oh, got it. Mixing them up. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it was a well shot movie. So if it was like an Indiegogo type fund, it was, it was an independent film. It's, it was a very well done independent film. I agree. It did not feel cheap in any way, shape, no, or form. No, not at all. So, what would we like to talk about next? Might as well do Train to Busan. So, am I talking about that? Doesn't matter where I can. You guys hear him really desperately trying to get out of talking about Inside, which was supposed to be his movie to talk about. You just about. said you wanted to fucking talk about it. Talk about what? Inside. I didn't say that. Y- yes, you did. Downstairs, you said that. No, I said I would because you just keep bitching that you don't know what's going on. I so I said I can't wait to tell you all about it. I wasn't bitching. First, apparently, you're going to be surprised when I give a fucking review of the movie. And just all the fucking details wrong. I just didn't completely understand what was going on. That's all I'm saying. So who's talking about Train to Busan? Let's talk about it together. I don't like doing that because we we can't work together. We're not a good team. Uh, Train to Busan is unrated and came out in 2016. This is genre as a horror slash action. The runtime is one hour and 58 minutes not or uh, 7.6 out of 10 on imdb 94 percent on rotten tomatoes those are awesome scores especially the rotten tomato score i saw this when it first came out on netflix in either 2016 or 17 and i watched it at like three in the morning because i worked third shift at that time and as soon as i saw the subtitles i'm like oh my god i'm never gonna be able to watch this movie and i couldn't turn it off the budget was $8.5 million. What do you think it brought in at the box office? I hope it was successful. So I'll say $45 million. $98.5 million. Even better. Wow. Yeah. Well, well done. So my history with this movie is I don't do foreign films. So it was a hard pass for me before I met Jeremy. And then when I met Jeremy, it was still a hard pass. And then one day I'm like, you know what? I'll be a good friend. I'll try to watch it for him. He really wants me to watch it. So I put on the dubbed version because <laughs> my ass does not read subtitles. If I want to read a book, I'll read a fucking book. Like if I want to watch a movie, I'll watch a movie. You know, I don't like reading a book while I'm trying to watch a movie, you know? So I put on the dubbed version. I shut it off within, I think it was two minutes and 30 seconds. As And you know, the very opening scene is like, not even talking so the first like line I instantly was like power off shut this shit off no thank you and um my first note is a quote and it says tiny leak my hairy ass (laughs) so I love the translation for this that's why he's approaching the quarantine stuff yeah so do you want to talk about it I can try it. I'm not going to know the character names because... Well, I was going to say, look, we can... Well, I um, nicknamed all the people. Sue Young is the, the girl, the little girl. And he's already fucking shit up, okay? So... What's her name? We'll try from the beginning. Uh, do you just want to talk about the opening scene with the quarantine deer? Well, he approaches the a quarantine zone in a car. They, you know, inform him that there's a tiny leak, nothing to be worried about. He hits the zombie deer... Which is awesome because this deer like 
gets crushed and then next thing you know you see it just kind of wake up and get up and run away yeah but um then you get to an office scene where they're talking about the stock market and clearly somehow they are linked to whatever this outbreak is in the stock market because the father of the little girl that i just fucked up her name apparently he tells his assistant kim to get rid of everything like sell it all 100 percent. and he's like isn't that going to be suspicious and he's like just do it do what you're told no questions asked leaving the office well before he leaves the office he also asks what are kids into because it's his daughter's birthday and that's the end of that scene we don't ever get an answer to that question correct so i had a lot of trouble with these character names i have trouble in like american movies with character (laughs) names right but this is even harder so i kind of nicknamed them all so just go with it guys if you know their real name and even if i didn't know their names i wouldn't be able to pronounce them properly right because we know i suck at that too so we're going with nicknames and i nicknamed somebody and then jeremy later said his nickname for it and unknowingly like put a revelation in my mind and so i re-nicknamed the person to what jeremy called them oh good yeah if it's who i think it is and i'm glad does it start with a d okay he has no idea what he's talking about so the only person i know is suan Oh, is the child Suan. Okay. sorry and suan's father lives with his mom also known as granny and suan wants to go visit her mom in busan for her birthday mm-hmm. and then we see that she is singing at a recital and forgets the words and then her father says you always need to finish what you start and I just that's a little bit comes back later mm-hmm. and then he ends up giving Suan a Wii for her birthday, like a Nintendo Wii. Those things were the shit. I fucking love Wiis. Yeah, that's such a like depressing scene because he gives her what looks like a really great gift. And he's like, what, you don't like it? Yeah, she like kind of rolls her eyes and looks very upset. He says that. And then she looks up and kind of like nudges her head and the camera pans over and she already has she has one and then she says you got me one on children's day which i don't know if that's like a christmas in korea or something like is that what it was or was she saying we should donate it for children's day i wasn't sure on that no she was saying like children's day this year like that's when you got me that last one oh got it okay so now we're at the train station and we run into some of our main characters here and we have a cheerleader, cute, cute cheerleader. Her name is Jin Hee. So I think like Jenny, but like Jin Hee. So, but I call her the cheerleader, I believe. And then we've got a shy baseball guy. We've got a whole team of baseball players, but this, the one shy baseball guy is like a main player. She, spe- she specifically sits next to him because it's apparent that she has a crush on him. Yes. And then we get a girl that runs onto the train last, very last second before the doors close. And she looks like she's having like a seizure type thing. And then the train starts pulling away and Suan sees a fight outside of, you know, the train station as they're pulling away. And then father, so I call Suan's father, I call him father. Uh, he fell asleep like right at the very beginning of the train ride. <laughs> like, 
not even no three minutes whatsoever he was out and so suan sneaks away and goes to the bathroom and finds a creepy homeless man who keeps saying like everyone's dead they're all dead blah 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 he's in the bathroom yeah sure they call it yeah so and then we see the weird zombie girl like keeps stumbling and seizing this was the girl that like ran onto the train at the last minute but now you see like her veins are getting like black and purple and her eyes are like glazing over like the deer was um and she's just like twitching and walking weird and stuff she jumps on a uh train attendant and bites her and then the attendant turns zombie and then they are on the train with all the baseball players and shit gets wild and he it just everyone's fucking biting everybody and it goes fucking crazy mm-hmm. so finally father wakes up and goes to look for his daughter and they are reunited and now next come our two our two new characters we've got pregnant woman and fancy man fancy man fancy man is dressed very nicely he's also a tough guy and like he's legit badass he's a personal Mm -hmm. trainer yeah 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 so fancy man uh and pregnant woman are a couple so suan's dad shuts the door before fancy man and prego can get on the train car and suan makes him open it because she's like hey hey i know him like let him in and they discover that zombies are triggered by seeing people they are also very dumb zombies and they can't figure out how to work the door yes so that's all zombies are dumb the father gets a phone call with his mom and you can tell like almost she's been infected by zombies and all she is worried about is take care of suan take care of suan and then it's definitely like a, a farewell phone call, like a goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And then we get um, an announcement over the system saying the train won't stop at the next station because it's closed. But then they pass and all like the citizens are banging on the doors trying to get in and they're getting attacked by zombies as the train is just like barreling through the station, not stopping. Next up, we meet two more of our characters i don't want to say main characters but like they're kind of in it for the long haul like a core of maybe a dozen people yeah and um these are two elderly sisters and as my notes say two sisters elderly sisters because i was just typing trying to type real fucking fast to keep up with this movie mm-hmm. and the whole time i was just like please be commercial please be commercial i'm so behind please be commercial because <laughs> i'm trying to like furiously type away you know it's funny because sometimes you watch movies and it feels like there's advertisements like every five minutes yeah it felt like we went a long period without any interruptions while we were watching that yeah and so suan gives up her seat for one of the elderly sisters and the father says you shouldn't have done that look out only for yourself in times like these and then the conductor comes over the loudspeaker again and says they all have to get off at the next stop and military will be there to protect them. So. I loved this part of the movie, by the way, before you continue. It was a nice curveball in something that you're not expecting given the situation that they were in. Okay. So go ahead. Sorry. Uh, pregnant lady and fancy man are talking with Suan and refer to the baby as sleepy because the father is too lazy to name the child. (laughs) 
which I think is fucking hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, father calls someone for help and they are told to go to the East Square when they get to the station so they get rescued and not quarantined. So everybody is getting off the train and little do they know they're walking straight into fucking quarantine and they're told to go to the main square so that's what the plan is and up next we meet another character this guy is a a crucial person i nicknamed him old rich guy jeremy nicknamed him douchebag (laughs) so we shall call him douchebag a very fitting name uh, he is insisting on going to Busan. Like, Busan is still open. Busan is not shut down. Like, let's just keep going. Let's go to Busan. Let's get to Busan. And then the, so they get off the train and the homeless man is trying to go with Suan and dad. And then everyone else goes down the elevator where they're supposed to be going. The escalator. Sorry. It is an escalator. Yeah. I don't know why I typed elevator. That's okay. Just, there's a difference. <laughs> there sure is. And you see, like, as they're going down the escalator, you kind of see like the military like pants and stuff and whatever but surprise the military is all fucking zombies as they're going shit down goes crazy so the station is completely empty they do note they make note of that as they're getting off the train and as they're going down the escalator you can see some people are kind of questioning like isn't the military supposed to be here to escort us didn't they say that yeah so as soon as they start to see the military not acting the right way like people start turning around and trying to get back the military attacks and gets people at the bottom of the escalator but there are people smart enough to kind of be like oh shit something's gone wrong here we need to get back to the train yeah so they're heading back to well actually first the zombies and shit are going crazy and we see suan's father walking back to suan and she's about to get attacked by a zombie like he's real fucking close to her mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, Fancy Man comes in and elbows the shit out of the zombie and saves Suan. Yes. And now they're all heading back to the train and everyone gets separated. So we've got three separate cars of people. In one car, this is going to be car number 15, we've got the cheerleader, one of the sisters, and douchebag. And a whole bunch of other people that yeah, we don't know. Probably 10 other people, maybe. Oh, yeah, a lot. But we they're not important. Right. And then we have car nine which has father, fancy man, and shy baseball guy. And then we've got car 13, which has pregnant lady, Suan, the other sister, and the homeless man. So they're trying to get from car nine, which is the father, fancy man, and baseball guy, to car 13 to get to their other halves. 15. I think it was 15. No, they're trying to get through car to car 13, which is where pregnant- Oh, to get to them first and then ultimately get yep. to them. I got you. I'm sorry. Yep. So they fight through one car and they all fine and dandy. They get through one car, these zombies. And then the second car is all of his baseball buddies. So baseball guy freezes and they end up making it through. And then this is where they find out that a tunnel is their best friend. Is that what you're about to say? We find out when they go through a tunnel, <laughs> zombies need light to see. see. So we're on the same wavelength. Whether you realize it or not. I ain't looking at your notes. You know, so they pull through this tunnel and the zombies kind of like freeze in action. They do. Like they are a second away from being killed. Yeah. Because they're running out of energy. They're getting tired. These 
they're being outnumbered by the zombies. Baseball boy freezes, like you said. So the tunnel came at the absolute perfect time and the zombies just become like totally stupid. Yeah, so they are fine and like just normal zombies until they see something, then they go crazy and attack. And then when the lights shut off, they kind of freeze and don't know what to do. And then also noise, noise really gets their attention. So we're into the third car. Well, we're on our way into the third car. And then father distracts them by using Fancy Guy's cell phone. That was a brilliant move, by yeah. the way. So he calls Fancy Guy's cell phone and like tosses it. And so that way when it lights up and rings, all the zombies like go to the phone. And then they get reunited with their families. And they're stuck. Now they're each stuck in like two separate washrooms, like right across the hall from each other while they're waiting to get to the next train. So they're making fun. This part I really like. They're making fun of Fancy Guy's ringtone. And then <laughs> the father says, why is it so tacky? And Fancy Guy says, how do I change it? Yeah. And then the Fancy Guy does not like father. No. But they're lightening the mood here a little bit where Fancy Guy kind of takes a dig at him, but then the father takes a dig back at him. Yeah. And they don't like attack each other. They, they're, you can, you can see they're starting to develop, I don't want to say a friendship, but at least a mutual a respect camaraderie, for each other. you know. Yeah. So... They are kind of researching when the next tunnel is so they can get to car 15. Because now Fancy Man and Father have been reunited with Suan and Pregnant Lady. They, sorry. Go ahead. We kind of glazed over it. They're on a car full of zombies. So they actually had to hide in the washroom. I literally did say that. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't. I'm sorry. (laughs) I must have missed that part but the entire time they're stuck in the washroom but they don't realize that when they go in a tunnel like that it's safe to then try and make a move well that's why they're trying to find out when the next tunnel is yeah because they do know that tunnel trick now well yes the father fancy boy and baseball boy but not suan and the elderly sisters right so now we need baseball guy and the elderly sister to be reunited with their families or their like partners in car 15. So that's why we're headed to car 15. You know, then they use the baggage area to sneak, you know, how like on an airplane or I guess obviously on a train, you know, there's those luggage compartments above the seats to store your baggage in. They climb through those to um, get through the next car. Get to the other side. Yep. Yeah. So, meanwhile, in car fifteen, douchebag is angry because he thinks that these new people may be infected. Yeah the the baseball boy's girlfriend, the cheerleader, the cheerleader girl. She makes the mistake of telling them like, "Oh my god, my friends are coming. They were on you know whatever car they were on, but they're on their way." And that, of course, to be fair to the people on that train. That would probably be your first thought in that situation. Like, um, what if they're bit and coming onto our train where we're safe right now? Like, there was not a single zombie on their train. There was not any sense of danger where they were. Nothing was trying to get in or out. Like, they were in a situation where it's very hard, at least I think, to just welcome a new group of people, whether they may be safe or not. Yeah. So they get locked out of car 15 
and fancy guy ends up getting bit. Yeah, that sucked. So before he dies and Prego leaves, he yells her baby name will be Sun Yoon. And which is like heartwarming because she didn't know that he like had a baby name picked out. So that was cool. And then we see one of the elderly ladies get bit while her sister watches in horror. And so then they make it on to train 15, the remaining people. And then they quickly get kicked out of train 15. They get kicked out to the other side. So I think it would be kind of going towards train 16. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. The douchebag accuses the father of being infected. Look at his eyes. Look at his eyes. Because the father punched him in the face and asked how he could do such a horrible thing. Yeah. (laughs) Because if they let them onto the train, like the fancy guy wouldn't have gotten bit. The elderly sister wouldn't have gotten bit. Right. They all would have been safe. Yeah. I mean, I also see the other side. Not that I'm trying to, you know, be on the fence, but. So all the newcomers get kicked out of train 15. And then the baseball girl actually, or the cheerleader actually ends up going with the group of newcomers Mm -hmm. getting kicked out. And this is when the other elderly sister opens up the door and lets all the zombies into car 15. So you basically think, well, she's speaking to her sister. She cannot like process that her sister is a zombie now and she needs to just move on. Instead, she like tries to reach out to her, opens the door and you know, all hell breaks loose. Well, I think I think she knows because she literally says, How could you do this? You're such an idiot. You did this for what? You know? Yeah. So I think she does know, but um so in the so you think everyone kind of gets attacked in car fifteen. Um, so in the vestibule, we have Prego, Suan, baseball guy, cheerleader, father, and homeless guy. We hear Suan tell her father that she rehearsed the song just for him. And when he wasn't there, she forgot the words. And then we're coming up to another station and there is a track blockage. So the conductor tells them to go to the far left track. And then we find out Douchebag is still alive, hiding in the washroom in car 15. With a train attendant. Yep. So then there is a train on fire that's coming the opposite direction that causes more chaos and douchebag is just throwing everyone to the zombies. He pushes the attendant out to the zombies to use them as a distraction so he can get off the train. And then cheerleader got bit because of him. And then he's running to the left track to where the new train is. And then he trips and falls and then the conductor tries to save him and the conductor gets attacked. Yep. So Prego, Suan, and Homeless Guy and the father are all stuck under two of the collided trains. And Homeless Guy sacrifices himself to the zombies that start coming out of the one train. Yeah, so real quick, because this is such a fucking cool scene, I thought. They're stuck between collided trains, almost like a tent. I was going to say a TP, yeah. Yeah, where like the trains are at the top and they're on the ground, but there's zombies looking through the windows at them just everywhere. They are surrounded by zombies. Go ahead. Sorry. So Prego, Suan, and Dad all make it back onto like onto the back of a train. And then we find out Douchebag is turned into a zombie. And then there's a fight scene between Douchebag and the father. And then ultimately the dad gets bit and Suan is crying for him. He shows them how to operate the train and then he jumps off the back, killing himself. 
and they come across some more destruction and stop the train. And so now all we have left is Suan and Prego. And we see military on the other side of like this tunnel that they're walking through asking if they are infected or not. Like they're asking each other. They're not asking Suan and Prego. And so they're saying like, you know, we can't determine just based on sight. So they're given orders to kill them. And then just as he's about to pull the trigger, Suan starts singing the recital song and she finishes it. And then they, the military realizes that they're survivors and they don't shoot at them and then all the military runs up to save them the end unbelievable movie yeah um first time i saw this i was blown away zombie movies are hit or miss for me like i either typically really like them or i'm just really bored by them i think i told you that to me, this didn't feel like a zombie movie, which you mocked me. You're like, there's fucking zombies everywhere. And I think more of what I meant by that is like, if you watch Night of the Living Dead, it's just very slow. Like zombies are just outside, just walking slow. The Walking Dead, there's a lot of like slow walking zombies, that type of thing. This was more like action packed, thriller, awesome effects. I loved the special effects of the people turning from human to zombie that like blackness running through their veins, the purple, and then the glossed over eyes. Like I thought they did a great job with that. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they did an awesome job when they stop. I had said while you were talking, my favorite scene was that curveball. There's a point where the few survivors from the train are trying to hold the doors shut and they get it locked like halfway and these zombies just push through and smash through the doors. And you just see all these zombies just falling on top of each other because there was so much pressure built up that there's just thousands of people just, you know, falling over top of one another into the walkway to chase after them. The other thing that I wanted to touch on, because I'm curious for you, the homeless guy, did you think he was infected? The first time I thought the movie, I thought he was actually infected the whole mm-hmm. time really no okay. i don't think so okay so that was just me yeah uh nine and a half out of ten this movie is fucking awesome um i would give it a 7.75 out of 10 that's pretty high for you for a zombie movie and a foreign film yeah i'm really proud of myself for reading a book to get through this movie it's... subtitles suck subtitles are hard but but I did I, it. I feel so like they good props for me. The movie is so good that I feel like the subtitles become kind of a, an afterthought. I disagree. About halfway through. I disagree. It was still really a struggle for me to read the subtitles and listen to them talk in a different language. I feel like if this was in English, I'd have a lot more enjoyment for it and a lot better time. But like the dubbed version was so awful. Like it sounded just like cartoon fucking character voices it wasn't like good at all um so if it was like filmed in english i think i would have enjoyed it a lot more 7.75 is still pretty high yeah it didn't feel like a long movie either no it didn't for as long as for it a was two hour movie no like, it, it felt a lot shorter for it sure very fast action-packed it, it didn't I mean, maybe the first 15 minutes, you got to get through that initial like development of the father being neglectful of his daughter. 
but once they get on that train like it's non-stop action right absolutely highly recommended at least for me and if Kristen's giving it that high of a ranking that means she recommends it too because she hates foreign films and subtitles so that's a pretty and damn zombie good ranking. movies and zombie yeah that's the trifecta right there So our third and final movie is Inside, which was a French horror slasher. It is rated R and it came out in 2007 with a runtime of one hour and 25 minutes. It has the 83% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. The budget was $3 million. What are your box office? What is your box office guess? $10 million. 530,000. Wow. Yeah. So nice. you're going to tell us all about this one? I don't know, am I? You were supposed to. No, okay. Are you not going to do a good job? I don't know if I'm going to do a good job, but I'll try. Um, this is not going to end well for us. The movie starts off with a car crash. You see a really really cool visual where the windshield is smashed out but the wipers are still attempting to clean off the windshield that stood out to me because the wipers going across this like complete emptiness <laughs> um, so I, I really enjoyed that then we kind of fast forward and the lead character okay so we already missed something important <laughs> I can't take you oh lord it starts before the car crash happens, we see a scene from inside someone's inside someone's uterus of a baby. And you see the car crash from the baby's perspective inside somebody's uterus. And that is Jeremy's rolling his eyes at me because he thinks it's not important, but that's actually very crucial to the entire plot of the movie that I think is what he missed. Um. Um, so I didn't understand it. I think that's why <laughs> he's really confused. Um, but you see, it's really cool because it's like a obviously CGI baby, but you see, you hear someone talking to the baby saying like, oh, my baby finally inside me, blah, blah, blah. And then you see like the baby kind of gets smashed and you see like kind of blood forming around the baby. Um, it all again, this is inside someone's stomach. And then we find out that there's been a car crash and that scene happened that Jeremy talked about with the windshield wipers, which I agree was a very cool visual. And then we see the girl that was driving the one car was all bloody and fucked up, like real fucked up. And we also see that she's pregnant. This is our main character, Sarah. So a couple months later, she's in the ob's office and she gets scheduled for a c-section on like the next day which is christmas so we find out like even though that we saw that baby scene in the beginning sarah is still pregnant and she's about to have her baby so she's talking to her mom after the appointment and she insists on going home alone like she doesn't want to be with anybody she just wants to have a night of peace and quiet all by herself and then we learn about Jean-Pierre, who is her employer, and he is going to be the one giving her a ride to the hospital in the morning for her C-section. 
I just think it's really weird that, that her employer is giving her the ride, not her mother, but whatever, to each their own. And we see Sarah and Jean-Pierre sitting in a park and Sarah is taking pictures of just like this family playing and everything like that. And she's a photojournalist by trade. So, but she's obviously off of work because she is pregnant and there's a lot of riots happening where she typically would be out on the field reporting, but it's obviously unsafe for her. So then she's just moseying around her house and she falls asleep in a chair. And then we see her vomit up a bunch of like white foam and a bloody baby comes out of her mouth. And this is, we find out a dream sequence and she's woken up by the doorbell. We learn that the person at the door knows her name and knows that her husband isn't sleeping because he died in a car crash. So Sarah, when she goes to answer the door, she's like, who is it? The person is saying like, they need help. They need to use her cell phone. Their car broke down. And Sarah is telling him, no, I can't let you in. My husband's sleeping. He's got work early in the morning. And then the person on the other end is like, Sarah, I know you're lying. Your husband died, you know? Um, so Sarah's like, what the fuck? Like, how do this, how does this person know my name? Who is it? And then she goes around shutting off all of the lights in her house while calling the cops. And we see the person that's at the door punched a hole in the glass. And Sarah takes her big, like professional, like flash camera and starts taking pictures out of this glass window where the person is standing. And she's developing and inspecting her pictures from both the park earlier and the picture she just took and she notices that the intruder was also at the park earlier and because she sees them like she gets a magnifying glass and she looks up you know really close and then it is the same person that was at the park earlier so the police arrive and say they check out the house and they say the area is safe and they say they're locking her in for the night but they're gonna let everybody else on patrol know to stop by and kind of routinely check and then Sarah falls asleep and then the camera pans over to the side of her room and the intruder is just standing in her house so the intruder goes through the drawers and finds a pair of scissors And slowly lifts up Sarah's shirt and stabs her in the belly button. And then this is like Sarah obviously wakes up in pain and freaks out. And then she ends up getting like her face cut with the scissors. And it just shit goes crazy. The scissors are scary. They're like shears. (laughs) Yeah, they're like big. They're not just like standard utility. Yeah. They're like almost gardening scissors or like something. They're... They're scary. They're like big metal, like sewing scissors almost. So Sarah eventually fights off the intruder and then locks herself in the bathroom and her water breaks in the bathroom. I'm assuming that's what happens, but either that or she peed herself because she was so scared, but I think her water breaks. (laughs) Um, And then Jean-Pierre comes later on that night to check on Sarah because she texted him and was like, hey, I took this weird picture. I need you to enhance Um, so he comes over to check on Sarah and he ends up meeting the intruder and the intruder is pretending to be Sarah's mom. And then, which I think is stupid because this intruder is like super young, really young and really pretty and looks younger than Sarah. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
But then her real mother comes over and is accidentally stabbed by Sarah because the mother goes up to the bathroom and is like, Sarah, oh my God, are you okay? And I guess Sarah's just so panicked. Like she has like a kind of like a hair accessory, like a long, like one of those chopsticks that you'd put through your hair. Um, Real quick, just to backtrack a slight second. Before she goes upstairs, the John Pierre and the intruder are in the room and John Pierre is kind of wondering who she is. And she's like, I'm her mother. She, at some point she says that she's Sarah's mom and you can see the facial expression of John Pierre going, huh, who am I with? Right. So Sarah's mom goes upstairs and then I think Jean-Pierre starts to go upstairs Mm -hmm. to follow her. And this is when he gets stabbed in the dick with those scissors. He gets stabbed in like the- A lot of places. Then the dick. Yeah, that that poor dude went through hell and back. Yeah, he was butchered and they got, got it in the face. He got it fucking everywhere. He was still alive after initially being like brutalized, but barely alive. And there is something in this movie that irks me really bad. These fucking sound effects. <laughs> I made a comment about this too. Yeah. Whenever whenever something bad is happening, there's this sound, crazy screeching sound effect, effect like a fucking dying cat or something. It's like awful. Yeah, Just... it wasn't like your typical flesh cutting wound it was like (laughs) it was just (laughs) just insane insane so hard on the ears i didn't like it yeah um so sarah's still locked in the bathroom and then the intruder kind of opens the door a little bit um and then she grabs a fistful of sarah's hair and she's like kind of like pulling her trying to pull her through the door um but sarah reached reaches out and stabs the intruder in the arm with the chopstick thing. Um, And then the cops show back up to check on Sarah, but the intruder answers the door and is like, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And the cops leave. And then, well, right now, before the cops, the cops leave. And then Sarah is trying to escape the bathroom, but the intruder pins her hand to the door with the scissors. So Sarah is like reaching one hand out of the bathroom door because she's locked in now the intruder locked her in she's reaching yeah, she moved up like a, a dresser dresser in front so of the you door. can't move the doorknob yeah the knob didn't um, go down at all yeah it was like one of those like long skinny handles not like a round doorknob that you'd have to like push down to open and yep. so she couldn't push it down so she's has like a small hole in the door that she's sticking her arm through and then the intruder like pins her hand with the scissors to the wall and then the cops come back because they realize the person that answered the door wasn't pregnant. And Sarah, keep in mind, is nine months. She's very pregnant. And the cops tried to arrest the intruder, but she gets the cop with the knitting needle. In the eye. In both of the eyes, <laughs> eventually. Yeah. And so the other cop is trying to save Sarah, but just as he opens the door, um, the intruder blows his face to pieces. And these cops weren't very good. Yeah. A third cop comes in with a prisoner with someone they had in custody. (laughs) And then the intruder shuts off all the lights and the cop tries to find the breaker to turn them back on. Sarah decides to randomly, for whatever fucking reason, go lay back in her bed. And I think this is Jeremy's biggest gripe with the movie because he only said it like 12 times. Why the fuck is she just laying in bed? Um, she just randomly decides to go 
lay in her bed as she thinks the intruder is magically fucking gone. But downstairs, the cop gets shot and the inmate starts yelling, you know, she's still here. She's still here. And then the intruder murders the inmate as well. So the intruder comes upstairs and starts like erotically rubbing Sarah's belly and kissing her. And some kind of crazy fight scene ensues. And then eventually Sarah... One thing about the intruder, I guess, is she's smoking a lot around the house, which is obviously not good to do with a pregnant person. Um, but so she's smoking and then Sarah uses an aerosol can. Oh, that was awesome. To light the intruder up. Fire. Yeah. Her whole face gets fucked up. Yeah. So then, and there's, I mean, this movie, gore, very, very, very high, high gore. Mm-hmm like in worse than saw like insanely high you know what's interesting about that and i don't mean to stop you and cut you off like but because you brought it up now it didn't feel like it was over the top with gore like it felt like it actually made sense well it did because people were getting blown to bits and stabbed to shit right yeah but it didn't just feel like it was forced gore just have gore in the movie right so because you know I'm not a big fan of that. And yeah. In this movie, it didn't actually bother. Me. That's well. That's why I thought you weren't gonna like this movie. Remember, like last episode, I told you, like, oh, you're not gonna like the movie that you well, know. Yeah, you said it. But so, Sarah then gives herself a tracheotomy with like a knitting needle or something, and then so that's all fine and dandy. She gives herself a homemade tracheotomy while she's nine months pregnant. Sure, believable. Wait, what's a tracheotomy? When she stabs herself in the throat, that's like your trachea. Oh. Remember she stabbed herself yeah. and she made that hole in the throat? Why the fuck did she do that? Like, what does that do? I thought she was trying to kill herself. No, she was doing that. I think she had, like, blood stuck in her throat and she couldn't really oh. breathe. So, in theory, she <laughs> would make that hole so the blood would come out and she'd be able to kind of breathe Jesus. easier. Got it. But then, here's the kicker. She fucking takes duct tape and tapes up the hole. That defeats the purpose of making the hole. Yeah. I didn't. That's why I was so confused. So that's just flabbergasting to me but whatever and then um sarah well, is on the hunt oh go ahead no, no i was gonna say at this point we find out that the, the one cop is not actually dead um we don't find that out yet oh sorry spoiler alert okay, <laughs> he tried um so sarah is on the hunt and she is going to the intruder and she's got this like homemade contraption that she's got. And we hear the intruder say, you can't kill me again, Sarah. You already, you already did that once. And then it turns out, and I think this is the part of the movie that Jeremy for once in my life was unable to guess what was happening or put the context clues together which so this makes me very happy that i actually understood something that jeremy didn't because normally he's the one that's always like explaining things to me because i'm fucking stupid um but it turns out that the intruder was actually the other person in the car crash and the baby that we saw at the beginning was the intruder's baby Mm. so by sarah getting into that car crash she killed the intruder's baby and so that to the intruder that felt like she killed a part of her and then but they said there were no survivors from the car crash sarah 
Sarah was told there was no survivors. That's what Sarah said. Sarah's like, what do you mean? They told me there was no survivors. I had no idea. You know, they told because, and I'm thinking, I'm again, not a mind reader, but like from what I took from it is Sarah at this point is pregnant and was just through this car crash trauma. And I think the medical services, I think their priority was trying to keep Sarah's baby safe because the intruder already lost her baby, but they, and they didn't want to put that high stress on guess what? You just killed um, another, you killed your husband. You killed the person in the other car. You killed the wife's baby. You know, like they didn't want to, well, no, that doesn't make sense, actually. That doesn't make sense, actually. I don't know. But they told Sarah there were no survivors. Right. So the whole time I, well, go ahead. No, we, go ahead. We can get into it. Well, I'll wait till the end of the movie. Okay. So what I just ignore everything I just fucking said the last like minute, because that doesn't make sense. I had it backwards in my head. But, you know, the intruder was a survivor in the car crash, but her baby died. And then... Now we find out the officer, one of the officers, and I believe this is the officer um, that came in with the prisoner. It is. Because he was blinded with the knitting needles. So ah, that, okay. He's going crazy and just, he doesn't, he didn't know because he was blinded so fucking randomly. And now you, he can't see out of his eyes. And so he's going crazy and like starting to beat Sarah's stomach. And then the intruder comes in and impales him and now he's dead. So because Sarah's stomach was getting beaten, beaten, this is like really, I don't want to say inducing her labor because she was in labor the whole time that this movie was happening essentially. But Sarah says, the baby's coming, the baby is coming. And then she's on the, she's laying on the steps and then the intruder comes up and she's like, it's okay, like calm down. And then Sarah says, the baby's stuck. And then this is when the intruder Cuts the baby right the fuck out of Sarah's stomach. With those same scissors with that those... have blood all over them and are not disinfected in any way, shape, well, or form. Well, it's so funny because the very first time we see the intruder with those scissors, she also has a glass of hydrogen peroxide. Yes. And she dis- disinfects the scissors. Yeah. But now um, the scissors are all bloody from who knows how many fucking people's blood at Absolutely. this point. And she She's cuts the... Go to town. Yep. She cuts the baby right out of her stomach. And Sarah, unfortunately, dies in the process, um, which I'm shocked it took this long, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we and see the we see the intruder walking around carrying the baby and just Sarah lying on the steps dead. And that was inside. Very, very bloody, very, very graphic. Great visual. The I mean the special effects I thought were fantastic. Like the eyes being blinded out, the guy's head being blown off. Just everything was great. I think a few pieces here or there that maybe didn't make sense, but overall pretty good. There was, there was actually, sorry to cut you off. There was one part that I feel like it wasn't a good visual when they showed her at the end of the steps, they showed Sarah's dead body with her stomach cut open it literally looked like in one point it looked like an actual watermelon like <laughs> it like just where the belly kind of met her skin it looked like the fucking like pointed edge of a watermelon and i'm like mm, i don't know about that but regardless 
that one little thing I wouldn't let ruin it for me but the other thing that irked me I guess you could say is at the very beginning you didn't touch on this but real quick Sarah's sitting there with like this random nurse who's like a total bitch she's she's telling her all these like awful things that you wouldn't say to a mom who's just been through like a traumatic experience in my opinion yeah she's smoking a cigarette like it's no big deal and then she tells her something to the extent of the first one sucks the worst and then it gets better after that or I don't remember exactly yeah she's like I was in labor for 18 hours and he like was murdering me blah 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 you know yeah it was like this awful message to present to a new mom yeah so what I was gonna say a little bit ago about the movie I actually throughout it was wondering if Sarah was kind of fighting herself in a sense kind of like high tension kind of but if Sarah had from the accident forgotten who she was in a sense and this person was trying to like get Sarah to focus and be the mom that she's supposed to be yeah that was what was going through my mind so I didn't even think about the other car crash victim in any way shape or form yeah I'm I'm shocked I mean I feel like the movie did a great job like bearing the lead and like not letting on because we see that baby scene in the beginning where the baby gets all like bloody in the uterus and stuff but then we immediately cut to Sarah with um scheduling her c-section and then throughout the course of the movie we see several other clips of the baby in Sarah's uterus so like you don't even think like that it's suspicious they showed it at the beginning and they're not showing it ever again so you don't even think about that second car. Yeah, they do that throughout the movie too, where they try and show you the baby's visual experience. It's a neat little concept that they do throughout. Yeah. But the whole time, Jeremy was like, why is this woman in her house? Why is this woman in her house? Like, I don't understand why it's randomly here. It's just not making sense. And that's that I feel like the ending, I feel like puts a bow on everything. Yeah. As I said, for me, I thought, the whole time like she was fighting with another version of herself right so i guess that's where my confusion was yeah because once it became obvious that it wasn't herself then my you know yeah why is this random person there? got it yeah so i missed that but so it was a good movie i'd give it at least a seven and a half out of ten i'm trying to think what did i rate train to busan because it didn't feel too long I'll give this an 8 out of 10. It didn't feel, I mean, there was a lot of gore, but it didn't feel ultra gory. Yeah. Again, it made sense. And I think to for me, because I'm not a big, like gore doesn't bother me, but it's not like, oh my God, I love a movie because it's got a ton of gore. I do. For me, a movie has to make sense. So if you want to make it bloody and it makes sense, then I can get behind it. But when you just throw in gallons upon gallons upon gallons of blood, like the Evil Dead Rise, for example... It doesn't do shit for me because it doesn't add to the movie. It doesn't add to the experience. It doesn't do anything to help it. In this movie, I think the visuals helped because the kills were brutal and the blood made sense. Yeah. And so fun. I don't have a lot of fun facts about the foreign films, but one thing about this, the, and of course I really didn't touch on any of the cast or crew or anything um producers directors for any of these movies because quite frankly i can't pronounce their names 
I butcher the American names. So I would say the one probably thing that this particular movie was lacking in comparison to the other two is very dark and at times a little difficult to see. I agree. The lighting was a little poor. For sure. They were all indie. Well, no, I don't know that train of thought, but Human Centipede and Inside were like indie type movies. This had a three million dollar budget. Was this really an indie movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't Human, know. If it Human is. Centipede, if it was an indie, felt was, very clean yeah. light wise. You could see one hundred percent movie. Yeah, this one was challenging, and I get that's part of the atmosphere that they're for sure because it's late at night. Yeah, but. Just, but I do agree with you. That yeah. was a struggle. Like in the living room, there it was very dark. Going up the stairs was dark. The bathroom was fine. You could see everything happening in the bathroom. Bedroom was very dark. Like, right. It was just a very dark feel. I, no, I agree with that. So the one thing, the one fun fact I do have about this movie, and to me, it's like a real fun fact, but Jeremy's probably going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, trust me. I'm sure you'll stand behind that statement. I think it's really interesting. Um. Beatrice Dalay is the person that played the intruder and she one time took acid while in a morgue and ended up eating a dead person's ear in real life and I just think that fuck is wrong with you (laughs) I just think that's super interesting I I think the better question is what the fuck is wrong with her, but okay, you know. You know, one thing we didn't touch on on Human Centipede, I don't know if you noticed it, at one point, the Japanese guy in the front is eating out of the dog food bowl, and I don't know if it was dog food or if it was regular food. I said it was dog food, I I don't know. I know you did. Did you see what the doctor was eating? Because it did not look like he was eating a raw steak. It looked like he had a human heart or something, and I'd be curious to know what was expected to be the visual on that plate hmm. i know what you're talking about but i i don't know i thought that was some kind of just like cow meat or something like i don't know it looked like some kind of human human meat maybe i mean i wouldn't put it past him because he was licking blood off the stairs yeah too. So I, mean, I wonder what he was eating on top of the weird shit he was doing anyway that just popped into my mind when you talked about yeah the morgue thing for sure i mean i can see that so those were our three what would you rank the three movies I think I know, but like from best to worst. Yeah. Well, I think if you take what I rated them, you could put two and two together. Um, so inside was number one, train to Busan was number two, and then human centipede was number three. Yeah, I don't remember my exact ratings, but <laughs> train to Busan is definitely number one. I, I mean, inside and train to Busan are very close because I think I gave train to Busan like a 7.75 or something. Because yeah, I didn't want to quite give it an eight, but so I think trying to be on an inside are very, very close and definitely can be interchanged based on the day. So, or like my mood, which I think speaks volumes. I'm very proud of myself for sticking with following through on this promise that I was going to do a foreign film episode, despite my hatred for subtitles and foreign films. I think we actually got three really good choices for this episode. So I, I just think it speaks volumes so that the human centipede one was in English most of the time and there was the least amount of subtitles and that one was my least favorite. Yeah. That's wild to me. It is. You know? That and I rated how good the other two movies were. Yeah. So I rated Inside and Train to Busan higher than I rated a lot of other horror movies in the past that were just standard English films, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just think that's crazy. Yeah. 
Mine would probably be train to Busan inside and then the human centipede. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with the human centipede. It just, to me, I think it was hyped up too much. And so I was just like expecting more. I was, I I was personally expecting to be disturbed. I think you're onto something there because even I, you know, this from watching a couple of different movies with me. I can be squeamish at times when things are like really gross. Oh, you never know. And I didn't, during the human centipede, I never felt like that. Oh my God, this is the, the hair is going to stand up on my arms and in the back of my neck situation. It was, you know, far out crazy ass concept. Right. Not too intense. So those were our three foreign films and I almost want to do another one of these. Okay. Take it easy there, buddy. Not right away, but in time. Take it easy. Okay. We got three really good movies, I think. We did. So be sure to follow us on Facebook at the Horror Con Lounge podcast and check out linktree.com slash Horror Con Lounge, where you can get links to our Facebook group, our Instagram, and even our merchandise shop. And if you go to our Facebook group there, you can find a calendar of our upcoming episodes and what movies we'll be covering on then. And we will see on the next episodes and we will see you next Monday.